0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.
1: The legends are true. But overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes.
0: And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. And of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up Unbroken Nation? Hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world. I don't know about you, but I'm super excited to be here today. And I'm joined by a great friend, Dr. Trish Phillips, also known as the doodle doc trish my friend how are you today i'm so excited to have you here
2: i'm just wonderful thank you so much for having me
0: it's literally all my pleasure i have been a fan of yours for a while so i'm a little bit fanboying out over here um for those who may not know you can you just tell quickly who you are
2: yeah sure um i'm based in southern california I am a therapist. I've been doing travel work for probably 25 years with all sorts of different people specializing in dissociation. And also I started just a few years back doing a little bit of doodling and describing some kind of harder concepts to describe with words alone with little doodle people. And so that's on Instagram and that's the doodle not part of it.
0: Yeah. And and I love your Instagram. I, we were talking briefly before we started rolling here that I think that there is a cause to have that style conversation for all types of this mental health journey. I'm very curious, where did that come from? How do you start that? And if you haven't guys go and check out the doodle doc on Instagram and you'll see exactly what we're talking about, but where does that come from? How did you begin that?
2: Okay. So let's see. It started back I want to, I want to say probably like 2015. Actually, I got my doctorate around 2012. I started my doctorate journey. And so I, stu- I just made a decision to only study things that were deeply personal to me and that very meaningful to me. And I knew that that would translate to my clients very well, to my life very well. And so I started to really deeply study interpersonal neurobiology and the connection piece and the importance of deep relational connection and understanding the brain function of it and all of that. And so part of that journey was studying with someone in Portland and she's just a master at this. And I would go to her house and on the very last day that I was at one of these retreats, we were doing what she calls like a rest time so we were taking like an after lunch little nap kind of thing and i was sitting there and i just had this vision of a lot of these concepts are very wordy very heady and they touched inside like this this child place that they made a lot of sense but not with the words with the implicit so they touched on a very deep level and I thought how can I bring that forward in a way that is beyond the word that will that will tap into the inner child within us all and I thought you know I think it's at that time it was like through a graphic novel I thought you know maybe like a graphic novel style and I kind of tripped myself up for a few more years and I ended up starting to to try to draw and then I started connecting with my son who then came back from college. He went to college in New York. I'm in LA and he came back from college and it was a bumpy transition, him coming back, but he's an artist. And so this was like a connecting piece between him and OA at that point. And so he would kind of say, mom, just do this, you know, just try this, do, do it like this. And so he'd show me all of these, like, look at they do it with stick figures. I'm like, okay, let me try, And I just started doing these little doodles and then putting the words with them and just had a very big response from people who started telling me, you know, you're, it's like, you're speaking to my inner child. Like I didn't understand that concept until I saw it in the figurine.
0: Yeah. They're, they're very beautiful and, and profound and more so. I th- I think that as I just kind of sit and I look at them and I understand my journey now, being well over a decade into this, thinking like, oh, where was this when I was trying to understand these concepts and ideas? I mean, I would literally be a civilian in rooms full of doctorates trying to understand things like dissociation and the impact of trauma and yeah. the whole nine and thinking to myself, man, if you could have summarized that in a sentence for me 10 years ago, gosh, how helpful that would be. Yeah. now you're doing that. And I think there is something to be said about the simplification of this. Often we are faced with looking at this and studies and research and looking at all the variables and it's overwhelming, it's cumbersome. And for the average person, a layman, dare I say myself, I sit here and I look and I dive into white papers and I go, okay, now I need somebody to translate what I think I might actually understand. Thus, I look at what you have done and I think about the impetus of the idea of, wow, that's powerful because I don't have to overthink something that's already so incredibly complicated.
2: Yeah. 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 No, I really totally relate to that because when I was at those seminars, I would sit there and I'd listen to this completely brilliant woman describe the brain. And at one point, I remember I just burst out laughing in this group of you know, therapist and professionals, I just burst out laughing and she started laughing too. And I said to her, She's like, Are you, you know, is everything okay? And I said, I don't think I just understood anything you said. And so, and her partner was there and, and she said, You know, I rarely understand what she says. And we all just started laughing and it really normalized the experience of a lot of this material that we try to understand to understand ourselves, to understand our relationships takes a different form. It takes something that is very sensory. It's very embodied. We need a different way to try to comprehend it. That's beyond, yeah. yeah, logical.
0: Yeah. And and something about it feels, dare I say, safe. Like I, I oh. look at what you create and I go, Man, uh, uh, let, let me put it this way. I spent a long time trying to connect with the idea that it's okay to have an inner child as an adult human being. Yeah. And I think that what you do is you give permission to people to step into that without shame or guilt because it's cute and it's quirky, but also the message is so like mm, spot on. You read some of these and you know you see it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. It's whatever that thing may be. How do we help people step further into understanding that there is a part of this process involving reparenting and becoming comfortable with the fact that you do have this inner part of you, these wounds, these childhood trauma experiences that need compassion and care and hope and joy and love. Also you are an adult. So you have to find that balance. Like how do you step into that conversation?
2: Right. It is a balance. And a lot of times a adults have a really hard time because we seem to hit this threshold where there's now this message that we have to be adults whatever that means right and it's like there's a lot of society messages there's a lot of family messages you know we have to do things and that's true too we have to do grown-up things but there's still that wounded child inside there's still that hurt inside that pain that gets tapped into from these adult things that we do So, you know, an argument with a partner, something going on with something at work, you know, someone cuts you off on the freeway. All of these little things can be just tapped into and to tell the adult person that, you know, these reactions that you're having are coming from this place inside that now needs that healing, that needs you to turn towards and attend to this child inside that we can turn toward and attend to. Like you said, there can be tremendous shame. I work with a lot of people that say very same thing, but I'm I'm an adult. I have my own children. You know, I've been married for 20 years. You know, I'm a CEO of a company. Why would I go ahead and do inner child work? This doesn't make any sense to me. That was so long ago. And what that is, is that's the, cut off that's the protector part the adult protector part that is saying cut that off because it's so painful let that go it's so painful and so what i like to do and what i hope that the doodles do is to decrease the shame and to normalize that everybody who was raised by people have something some kind of no one comes out of childhood unscathed no one there's not my own children there's not a person in the world that comes through childhood unscathed because there's no perfect parent and they're really it would really do us no good if there was because this is how we learn too is through the rupture and the repair and so really it's normalizing that you know we all have this and when you start to feel it that you know, it is okay to turn that compassion back inside, that warmth
0: back inside. I love that. What I'm really curious about right now is how much of that experience that we have as adults in this place in which we say, I don't want to tap into that shame, guilt, fear, whatever that word may be, is in direct correlation with dissociation. Because as I think about my experience and and finally making that decision to walk over that threshold, it was very much acknowledging like, oh, I'm dissociated. I have been in fight or flight response because I grew up bathed in cortisol, a person who has an ACE score of 10, looking at this as a survival mechanism to be alive. And now that I'm through that, I can now look back at it retrospectively and go, oh, of course that makes sense. But how how much of that is true to be on par that it is, in fact, a, a, a symptom of dissociation to be scared or fearful of the idea of the inner child.
2: Right. It is very much so. You're, yeah, you're right on there. Because when we are children and something happens, very much the attachment style of the parenting and what happens with these relationships that we're in, we're often thrown into that sympathetic arousal state of fight or flight. And so, in fight or flight, we can either stay in an anxious, angry state, or we can go into the freeze, the dissociative, the completely cutting off of the pain of it. And so, the the protection part comes with, you know, I can't look at that because it would be too painful. And I have to keep going. I have to survive. So, at first, it's always like, real look at what you have done to survive this situation. Look at all that you have done to make it through this situation and to really work with the fear of bringing it back forward. It's like, what is the fearful part of you really afraid of now as an adult? If we start to feel into the body, because with dissociation, we have to go into the sensory place we have to go into the body to find the implicit there might not be a narrative story that would come forward with it but there might be like a fluttering of the fur there might be like a clenching inside or you know some nauseous feeling in the stomach and that might start forward first and then breaking through that dissociation like you said
0: yeah, and and that's so true. And I, I think about the greatest growth in my journey being yeah. in that moment in which I started to reassociate, got my brain and body back together, yes. primarily through body work, right? And like yeah. getting comfortable with the idea of gentle touch and not a non-sexual gentle touch, and being a human being who just could simply exist within this framework of this system that I exist in. And in that process, one of the things that I I noticed that was really profound was journaling had the same effect for me. And in that, I found that if I could take these thoughts, ideas, and concepts and just make them exist, then I could start to see change. And then I combated, not combated that, excuse me, I combined that with other pieces of of tools and puzzles and routines that I just kind of stuck with daily, what I noticed in that process of what I would call showing up for myself every day, doing the work, doing the hard things, studying, learning, understanding is effectively I was reparenting myself because I grew up like latchkey kid, as you can be not to mention, obviously growing up in traumatic household. And I had no structure at all, especially around this idea of love, care, health, compassion, all these things. Can you talk about a What is reparenting and B, the impact that it has when you are on this journey?
2: Yeah. So reparenting, I mean, first we start with with parenting. So we were parented. And how do we get the idea of how we speak to ourselves, how we treat ourselves is from our parents. So like the very example that you said is like, that was very, it sounds like there was a lot of absence there. You know, there was a lot missing. And so growing up that you just had to keep going. Right. And then as you start to do the work, you have to bring those things back in. And you said a very key thing is what makes children feel safe is routine. And you said that. And so it's like what we start doing as we can find and start to, you know, really see if. The way I like to look at it is who are your most important people and how do you treat them? So you think about like, you know, a, maybe a loved one, maybe, you know, maybe a partner, maybe a dear friend, maybe a child that you have. How do you treat them? And you muster of that, you know, sense of kindness, of warmth, of gentle attending to you nurture that relationship. And so, as you can see that, and when I work with people, I say, you know, look at what you do for this other person. Can we muster up a little bit of that for yourself? And what would that look like? And building the routine of what that would look like. And it doesn't have to be huge things. You know, it doesn't have to be those great big monumental things. It could be let me go get a glass of water or a cup of tea. You know, let me pick up a journal and just start noting what I feel throughout the day. Let me take myself outside into nature or just a walk around the city block. If you live in the city, you know, noticing yourself. So there's there's an acro- acronym I use that if, you know, you wouldn't mind sharing. It's Absolutely. based, okay, it's based on PAUSE. And so for myself, it's a very much a loving kindness, like learning how to ascend to the cell and to the inner world inside. Um, so for pause, like the P starts with, I would start with breathing. So when we take three deep breaths, we actually can re-regulate our nervous system. And so we start with just taking those three deep breaths and then that kind of dysregulates us and brings us out of sympathetic. It's hard to be in sympathetic arousal and be conscious of our breath at the same time. So that P breathe right there stops whatever's going on just for a moment. That's all we need. And then the A is to attend inside. And I always, I'm putting my hand on my heart because I always remind myself, put my hand on my heart. I attend inside. So, what does that mean? It means like what part of me is feeling agitated, is is getting activated. What part of me is meeting my attention? And so I I can tell that by like what I said before, you know, maybe I have a headache, maybe my heart is beating fast, maybe I'm feeling something in my stomach. And then we go into the you, and that's the unfolding. Untangling a little bit more. And I ask, what are you? So once I find that part, okay, I'm a little bit fearful. You know, maybe I'm a little bit nervous. What do you need? You know, just to sit here for a minute, just to, you know, maybe drink some tea, maybe calm down a little bit, maybe write something on the journal. So that's the unfolding and untangling what I need. And then going into the S, and that's the soothing. And actually doing those things, telling myself, okay, I'm okay, you know, I'm enough, you know, we're going to be okay, we're safe, and then the E is the MCL, and just letting it all go. And so with that pause, I can actually do that pretty quickly now, and that's what I teach with my courses, and that's what I teach with my clients, is to be able to to really, to attend inside, what part of me is activated? What what is it tied to, and then what soothing will help?
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that, and 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 for me, breathing has played hands down such a phenomenal role. It's actually the first thing that I teach my clients when I coach, is because if we can get the parasympathetic nervous system firing, man, that's a huge leap forward. I want to challenge something here, if you don't mind. I I want to talk to you. I've never done this before in the podcast, but I'm super curious of what you have to say. I'm going to talk Mm -hmm. to you from the voice of 24-year-old Michael. Well, Dr. Phillips, that all sounds good, but I'm just going to man up and get over it. Yeah, This doesn't make any sense to me. I'm a man. I don't need to tap into my feelings. I'm strong. I'm independent. I already survived all that. This doesn't make sense to me. But my life is also a disaster. Everything around me is burning down. I seem to have burned my own house down, not to mention destroying everything in my path, but I'm fine. Now I'm gonna talk as I am right now, heading into 40 years old. Um, (laughs) When you are in this place and you're just starting this journey and it feels like everything has told you that somehow you made it through, you don't need help, you don't need guidance, but you know something is wrong. How do you step into that? place of seeking help, guidance, healing without hitting absolute rock bottom.
2: That's a rough one. That's a rough one because I think, you know, our teachers are pain points. And so a lot of times there is a lot of, you know, hitting rock bottom that actually sends us there. But also, I think that that rock bottom is is determined by each person right so it's like so 24 year old michael i would just say you know that's all true i mean look at you look at you are here you are here we can have both we can have a survivor and we can have complete crap of our lives you know both are true at the same time and so i would actually work with the survivor first and be like i'm both you know, bravo, and then slowly go into, but you know what? You're still kind of curious. You're still kind of curious about this. So I'm wondering about that. What makes you a little bit curious is something, is one of those things that, you know, you know, really, or your life's really hard right now. One of those things that maybe you would want to work on or change, you know, taking that survivor away not taking that protector away because that protector will just you know that protector would leave my office and say i'm done because if i said oh no you seriously need to be here you know i wouldn't want anybody telling me that right you know no way yeah Yeah, it's like we need to join
0: i think there's so much validity in the idea that you can have both and 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 I want people to recognize that you can, you can be the survivor and you probably are, you've been through yes. hell and back and here you are, but you yes. can also move into what's next without judgment, yeah. without shame, without guilt. I think what we get caught up on so often is this idea that we have to do it all alone. and And you know, as well as I do, like, that's not true, but how do we work on reshaping that narrative for survivors to get to a place where they can acknowledge that it is okay to seek help, to seek guidance, to seek coaching, compassion, therapists, whatever that thing may be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, what is hurting? And what was the message about needing to do it alone? You know, why was that message so strong? And why is it still so strong? You know, there's I'm I know that there's a big societal message of like independence and all of that. But. There's also probably a family message that came forward of like, you know, of manna, you know, of, you know, step into it and stop whining and you're an adult now and all of that. And so it really is to be able to, can we soften that message? Can we add a little bit of like, you know, it's really okay for you to have a better life. It's really okay for you to want to treat yourself better you know it it really is okay for that
0: yeah and and i think man or woman or or however you yeah. identify you are entirely allowed to have the life that you want to have and and i'm curious as you've seen this work and you're in this so often i often think about the idea that it's not only conceptual like this process requires doing actual work. People often talk about do the work and we don't really ever define what the work I'm doing quotations, what the work is. And so my question for you is how do you do the work and what does the work look like to move into this place where you start to cross that threshold?
2: Yeah. So I would say that, you know, I always like to use this analogy of the flashlight. And very often there's a lot of like outward blame, a lot of, you know, this happened to me, that happened to me, and so it's like the flashlight gets pointed out. And when we point the flashlight out outwards, we just get a round circle of what is wrong, right? And so we need to like start to turn that flashlight light back towards ourselves, and then draw that light kind of shine inside to see what's going on inside. So I consider the work, inner work. So when I would say, if I, if the work has slipped out with me, it would be inner work. It would be looking at heart's work. It would be looking at what are my reactions? What is reactivating me? What's triggering me? What's causing me distress in my life? And then going inside and looking at that inner world and saying, where is this coming from? What is it reminding me of? Doing some journaling, you know, talking to a therapist, talking to a coach, you know, doing whatever else, other things you mentioned, body work, which is wonderful. You know, anything that will feel like it's helpful to you in that moment.
0: For someone listening right now who is likely highly impacted by dissociation, can't tell up from down, brain is 10 miles from the body, and they're hearing this, this sounds incredibly foreign. Yes. This might as well be rocket science. How, if you are in that position and you're just like, I don't understand feelings, emotions, I don't feel like I'm in my body, whatever that thing might be, how do you even start to get back into it? so that you can name it, so you can talk about it, so you can recognize, maybe I do need therapy or a coach or to read that book or whatever that thing is.
2: Yeah, yeah. So first off, if someone out there is highly dissociated, then I just want to say that they've connected with you because they're listening to your podcast. And so you you somehow provided a sense of safety in their system. They're hearing something that hasn't gotten them to click off. So that's the first thing is noticing that if there's dissociation, what is keeping me here right now? There's something that's safe right here, right now. And the next step would be to start to connect the mind and the body. So with dissociation, there's, there's a complete disconnect. So I work with people who really don't even feel their bodies, you know, can smack into a wall, get bruises, and not even know where the bruise came You know, that really dissociated from their body. And so it's really to be able to start to notice, it's like, oh, if that's me, if what Michael just said, gosh, you know what, I totally relate to that. You know, just to start to notice, it's like, how much am I with myself? How much am I really with myself? And start to check in with that. And I'd like to have people use maybe like even a graph or take like a, a day planner and start to note their toy in their day. Like, oh, okay, this is what I sell. This is, you know, and note it. And then you can even do it like a one to 10 scale. This is how I felt, you know, to really start to concretely get back inside. But if someone is dissociated and they're listening, there's something that they're listening to and there's some sense of being connected to it. So it's going beyond the dissociation. It's going into a place where they can hear and and something feels safe.
0: And that's, that's being present. Right. And, and also yeah. th- no one's ever said that to me before. And that just made me, ah, all gooey inside. So thank you for that. You know, my, yeah. my number one goal with this podcast and everything I do, the book, the speaking, the tours, all of it is, can we give someone something to create yeah. a change in their life?
2: Yeah. Like one, one little thing and, and change. I mean, what is change really? You know, yeah, we can look outside and we see other people's change and we might like, think that's what I have to do. I really look at changes, you know, I feel like if someone feels like more connected to themselves, you know, more comfortable inside of their own skin, wow, that's huge. Yeah, that's I, and huge.
0: I I think about it often as this idea when we look at the outside world and all these parameters being laid around us of the person that we should be, how do you live your life by your own self-defined narrative? And more so, how do you step into that to the point where it becomes true of who you are? And and my biggest goal when I started this healing journey, I thought about this. like If I can just put my feet on the ground and be good with who I am, then that is far removed from everything that was set up in my journey by, mm-hmm. by people who were not me. Mm-hmm. Dr. Phillips, this is incredible. I could talk to you literally all night, and it is night here as we are recording but before I ask you my last question, can you tell everybody where they can find you?
2: Absolutely, yeah. So on Instagram, I am the Doodle Doc, and um, my website is the doodledoc.com. And I do help people with inner parenting and connecting the inner child. I like to think of it as a bridge, bridging the the inner parent to the inner child, and it's a journey. Like you said, it's a journey. It's not a one and done thing I'm still on the journey you're on the journey I'm grateful to know you and be on this journey with you because you know I just want people to know that they're not alone there can be so much like we've discussed shame of feeling like I feel like a child in an adult body and it's like no there, you know you're not alone and it's okay you know we can do that so those are the places
0: you can find. Yeah, yeah, I love it, and and I I could not say that in any better way than you just could. When when I created this concept called the six principles of healing trauma, one of them is in this together, meaning that this is about us, this is about you not being alone, this is about community, and it's about how do we build sovereignty together, both independently yes. and as a collective, and and the words that you just said there resonate so true because there's no question that if you're having this experience, that it is okay for you to seek help and not be alone in it. Yeah. Dr. Phillips, my, my last question here for you is, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? Oh,
2: that's such a good question. Um, I, I always tell people, that they're not broken. And, um, you know, I feel like we often felt very splintered and felt like there was something wrong with us. And I think to truly embrace the concept of, you know, we are not broken. We are just on a pathway to integration to finding ways that we can be more solid with ourselves more comfortable with ourselves more kind to ourselves more compassionate to to ourselves i think we're we're not broken so i just i love your little handle there you've got your shirt on think i'm broken it's so wonderful
0: yeah Um, it's everything in I got goosebumps because I'm just like, that's so true. That's what this is about. How do you get to that place? And that's so much of our journey. Dr. Trish Phillips, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. Unbroken Nation, please go check out her work. I promise you it's incredible. One of my favorite, if not favorite, mental health Instagram accounts on planet earth. Please like, subscribe, comment, share, and let everyone know. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll Mm -hmm. see ya.